This episode of Worldwide Canadian is brought to you in part by Anchor. They're the company that provides this podcast software. Go to anchor.fm or download on iTunes or the Play Store and produce your own podcast and share your audio with the world. Anchor does this completely free and at no cost because they just want to support people and the ability for them to share audio. That's anchor.fm. Please check them out and uh, please thank them when you get a chance because they're basically underwriting this show and not charging me a dime. Hi and welcome to Worldwide Canadian. I'm Tim Clark. And in this episode, I have a privilege to present to you a conversation that we held uh, between my daughter, Sophia, and I as part of a program where she was doing podcasts for the Lunenburg County YMCA Youth Program. And this podcast, uh, the topic was Privilege and Oppression Olympics. And so I hope you enjoy this. And today we're going to do a little conversation about the concept of privilege and kind of the idea about the Oppression Olympics and how privilege can be damaging to us if not used in a respectful way and, and when used to diminish people's ideas. So privilege is something that's spoken about a lot today. Uh, when you go out anywhere, you'll hear something like, oh, check your privilege or your privilege, we don't want to hear from you, and things like that. And when listening to the opinion of others, it's really important to think about how privilege intersects and how we can have both privilege and oppression at the same time. So what I want to do today is talk with Tim, because Tim has quite a few of the stereotypical markers of privilege, if you look at a societal uh, image of what it would be to be a privileged individual. He's a white man, uh, cisgender, straight, um, and those are some key identifiers that people like to use in those type of conversations. Uh, nonetheless, Tim has many markers of oppression too, so I wanted to hear from him today and hear about his story and how he feels about this whole oppression Olympics thing. So would you like to introduce yourself, Tim? Sure. I'm uh, Tim. I'm uh, in my early 50s. I was born in Nova Scotia, grew up on the streets of Halifax until I was around 10. Uh, I say streets of Halifax as a joke. And uh, then I moved to Lunenburg County and grew up the rest of my time until I was 18. And uh, pretty normal overall lifestyle with regard to what was considered a more classic uh, two-parent family, siblings, uh, you know, just a normal life. All right, so I know that you have, uh, have had a pretty normal life, but is there any other obstacles that you faced in your life that you think that could kind of go against the privileges that you have? Well, number one, I'd like to start out by saying that this concept of privilege uh, to me is, like when you mention the word stereotypical, uh, that in itself kind of pigeonholes somebody what I believe in is that each person should be judged based on their own character and their own achievements and their own abilities. And uh, there's an importance given to giving the same opportunity to everybody without looking at the person as a particular classification. So for instance, if you're white or Caucasian, whatever the proper term is, that shouldn't be seen as a negative or a positive, and you shouldn't be judged based on that. That shouldn't even enter into the conversation, in my opinion. The way I was brought up, we didn't have these terms of white privilege, even though they were being discussed psychologically in um, universities and things like that. It wasn't a common thing that the average person who was 
going about their daily life would be considering. Most people got up and they had breakfast and went to work and came home and took care of their families, you know, did whatever extra curricular type activities they enjoyed as a hobby and they weren't exposed to other lifestyles around them like most people lived in a community where they were pretty similar to everybody else but in my early life I grew up amongst a more diverse community and I went from that to Lunenburg County which if you would say I don't think I ever had a visible minority in a class when I was in school Uh, But again, my early first 10 years of life, I lived in the north end of Halifax, and um, the community was very diverse. So I come at it from a perspective from both things. So privilege to me is what you see today as being a reason or a reason for success or a reason why you can't be successful. And to me, that's kind of the wrong approach in general. That's my perspective on it. I know that sounds silly, but number one, I feel if you work hard and and you take whatever advantage is in front of you, that you have an opportunity to be successful. I certainly agree with that. And I often see that it's those that are privileged that end up using these terms like white privilege, straight privilege. And it's almost a way to negate the guilt that people feel for having a part in the oppression of others. And I think that it's very unfair to use privilege against someone else. I think that that's something you should understand from within and you should take with you when you're going through experiences in life, but I don't think it should be used by others or anyone should choose the privileges that you have or use them as something against you in a conversation. I feel like it should be something that we acknowledge, but other people shouldn't have a say in if we're privileged or not, from my opinion. Well, the other thing that you have to take into account is number one, that's supposing that you understand a person's background and their lived experiences. So I'll give you an example. I was born into a original family which had alcoholism. So do I keep a scorecard and say, okay, alcoholism is a minus one. My white skin is a positive one. Um, the family also had a heritage of uh, an indigenous background. So is that a negative or a positive? It depends on who you're asking. You know, so what I find is that it's a way for us to, like you say, deal with the guilt that certain segments of society might feel when they see treatment of those who are minorities, for instance, like if they were negatively impacted. Of course, that was a wrong approach because everybody should be treated with the same opportunities and given the opportunity to be a human being without being segregated into classifications based on their culture or their ethnicity or anything else. So for me, like regardless, I've had bad experiences in life and and things that should have meant that I would be less successful, but I overcame them in certain ways. Some of that was assistance by provincial government as a child uh, other things like adoption which led me to a family that was better off Uh, but again even in that family you face trial and you face problems with dysfunction and things like that so again we're supposing that based on somebody's outward appearance that that should have some indication as to whether they're privileged or not and I think that's just a simplified way of making ourselves for whatever reason justify or make an excuse for something that we feel less 
able to take credit for in ourselves. Yeah, I feel like we're scared of these things that are happening and we don't have control over the way society functions and how certain people are looked at and treated. And it's almost a way that we contribute to that system of oppressing people by continuing to put people into categories based on things we assume that they do or things that they face just by looking at them or talking to them or hearing about their sexuality or their religion, anything like that. And we choose that category for them. And I feel like when we do that, we oppress them more because we don't welcome everybody in the conversation. And we end up doing the same thing that society has done to us, which is put us into groups and tell us what we're supposed to do. So I think that having our own sense of the things that have advantaged us in life is important, but not using them as a a way to say, oh, can I speak or not on this conversation? I think everybody should speak in any conversation. Yes, I'll relate a story to you that when I was uh, about 15 years into working, uh, someone I knew was going back to university after being out of university for a long period of time. And what was interesting to me is that the university at that time had swung the pendulum so far that talking about religion was okay as long as it wasn't a particular type of religion. And people took offense when you spoke openly about something. Now, it wasn't discriminatory in any way. It was just discussing somebody's lived experience. Now, this wasn't me, but it was related to me that, you know, basically you can talk about uh, certain things, but not certain things. So basically there were rules in place, but if you didn't understand them, you were disadvantaged. And if you brought them up, you were almost seen as to be somebody that needed to be corrected. And, and to me, universities were meant to be a place for open dialogue and learning things and different perspectives. But what we've done in, as a society in general is we put a lot of emphasis on who fits within a proper mold. And that starts out in, in regular elementary school and, and beyond. Like if you're a child who is not able to sit still and not able to learn in the same way, you're segregated out of the mainstream into a different stream to get assistance in certain ways. And what we do is we take all of the variation of people's personalities out of the mix, and we want everybody to fit the mold. And that becomes more of a, how do we make life easier for you know, the system in general to keep track of people and to make sure that they progress. But education as a whole is harmed by that. So, you know, if we if we say, okay, white privilege, let's get back to that for a minute, or, you know, that sort of thing, uh, you know, this person isn't as valuable because they got here not from hard work, but because they already had an advantage. I mean, what that does is it puts us in a frame of mind is how do we segregate these people in certain ways? And that, in my opinion, is probably wrong. But again, why do we have this emphasis all of a sudden about having to proclaim who we are and why we are? Why can't we just do what we've been able to do before and that's you know we if you have a group of people for instance and and one person is naturally a leader why is that seen as a negative because they are advantaged in certain ways aren't we better off using the strengths and skills of people regardless of how they get there and yes provide opportunities for everybody that is based on their need but you know assist them to become what they want to be because people are more happy when they feel valued and they are doing things that they want to do and not being forced into something. So, but again, I don't know what the answer is. The answer is going to be different for everybody. So, but again, I would like to see us more, more open to everybody's 
requirements and uh, on an individual basis, not on a classification basis. Like, I wouldn't like to see us segregate ourselves. I mean, segregation never works in the long run. It makes a, a lesser society, not better. Yeah, as a young person, I think that I feel like I lose some advantages based on the way that things are treated because often I'm told not to ask questions about specific topics or when I ask questions about specific topics that are seen as, uh, for example, topics about LGBTQ communities and things like that that I'm genuinely curious, it's more like you don't need to understand this. Instead, you just need to accept. And I always accept any different type of community. But I also like to understand their experience and I like to ask questions and I never ask any questions that are based on stereotypes intentionally but I'm trying to dispel those stereotypes by asking those questions so I'm often discouraged when I'm at school or work when I'm not able to do that and I think that that's not just employers or not just professors it's just the environment that we're in and sometimes it's almost scary to have those conversations it seems like they're more rare now to speak openly it's almost a little bit of a feeling of censor or that you can't say the things you want to say because they may be offensive in a way and of course, things are offensive, but it's also on that person that is offended by that. And I'm going to ask questions as I'm a curious person. Right. And and to me, the bottom line is there's a simple solution to it all. Number one, I remember a time when there were certain topics that you didn't discuss at your workplace. Like, for instance, I didn't bring up religion at my workplace. I didn't bring up my sexual orientation. That wasn't something that was required to do my job. It wasn't something that somebody needed to know. Now, if I went after work and became friends with somebody and the conversation at some point came around to my lifestyle choices, then I would say, okay, I'm married. I have two children, but that had nothing to do with my daily work. Today, it seems like there's always an agenda. And the reason there's an agenda is that people in the past have felt that they weren't valued because they were not living a lifestyle that was considered to be by other people normal. Now, all of a sudden, again, the pendulum is being swung so far that it seems like you can't have an interaction with somebody, even on a job, without it being swung to... For instance, these are my pronouns. When I hear that, it kind of makes me wonder, why is that an important thing? Why can't I call somebody by their name and say, okay, you're John, not known by a pronoun, you know? So anyway, the bottom line to me is that we should value people for who they are and their work has nothing to do with their personal life. So like for me in the old days, and I'm that sounds horrible me saying old days, but when I first was in the workplace, None of that ever came up. It was never an issue. You know, that was a personal thing. But it seems like that line is now blurred. There's no personal in business. It's all one. And I understand the need to advocate for, you know, if, if a certain segment of society has been discriminated against. But I don't think it should be all we talk about. And it seems to me that a big proportion of a conversation in society now has turned to you know, this this whole thing of, of, you know, I'm X, I'm Y, I'm whatever, you know, and, and to me, it's kind of like we're losing sight of where the proper place for those conversations are. I feel that it makes everybody as a whole feel more categorized simply because in the environment that you're in, everybody is stating who they are uh, for every different occasion. And while I like to state who I am, I usually keep my workplace 
uh, discussion to mostly my qualifications or my abilities or my my hobbies and things like that. But usually I don't like to share things too personally. But it often comes up that that's the main source of conversation. And, and I feel like sometimes it's taken a little bit of a turn where people are a little uncomfortable with that maybe. Well, and the other thing is it depends on your workplace too. If you're in a workplace that has something to do with um, providing a service for uh, society in general, like a social services type field, then of course it could become a relevant conversation. But if you're in a business of where you're, you're in a bank working, it has nothing to do with your day-to-day activities, then again, maybe it's not so much a problem there. But I just... I notice media in general, like for instance, if you watch programming and movies and things like that, it is now so overrepresented that it seems to be involved in every conversation in some way. And I'm not against that, but again, at at a certain point it becomes, is it necessary to the story to have this background information? And I guess that's where we are. You know, I can't really change it, but the bottom line is on a personal level, day to day, I treat everybody with respect, and if they want me to call them Jack Smith, I call them Jack Smith, so pronouns don't bother me, but I'm seeing them listed now in contact information for people when it's immaterial to me, in a way. You know, I would write a letter to to Jane Doe, I wouldn't write a letter to she. You know what I mean? Like, at a certain point it becomes, you know, what is the purpose of all of this? Yeah, I'm not really sure 100% because often I think that it's nice to know in a conversation somebody's pronouns simply for feeling comfortable when you're speaking with them, knowing what they prefer you to use, and that's really helpful. And I've enjoyed that in some of my classes because I always was concerned with misgendering somebody and what that would mean. So I appreciated those. But it was, it's was it been an interesting experience as they've become so normal and actually using them myself as somebody who never really thought about introducing myself with pronouns to anyone and I think that it's opened my mind a little bit to how people feel that have to explain that all the time because they don't match the biological sex that they are or how people see them so I think that it gave me a little bit of insight into people that that need to explain their pronouns all the time how that might feel for them because it felt a little bit foreign for me to even say that I'm Sophia and I go by she her. Well again I don't have any problem with somebody introducing themselves and saying hey I prefer to be called she. But I would never use that as a, as a general thing when I'm con- con- conversing with somebody. I'd call them by their name. You know, I'd, I'd use their first name if that's what they've said they want to be known by. So I, I don't know. Again, to me, I'm not against it, but I just find it in my day-to-day life, it's not an issue because I don't have interactions with people who have ever introduced themselves using their pronouns. Again, I find it around educational systems like universities and things like that and government it's it's kind of no different than you know if you look at privilege from being an indigenous person in this society i now see government introducing themselves and opening any conversation in a public event as we're on the unceded territory you know that sort of thing so again my feeling on that is i don't have a problem with that but i just wonder whether it's it's a way, again, to appease our guilt as to the treatment of indigenous people through history. And is it really doing anything to help that? You know, has anybody actually sat down with 
the communities of indigenous people and said like how do you feel about this i, I assume they have but how do i know that as a as a, a non-member of that community you know so really is that helping society in any way I don't know. I don't know what the answer is, but it'd be an interesting topic to, to actually interview somebody who is part of a First Nations community and ask them, like, how do they feel about this? You know, again, government does it, and, you know, that goes into any kind of government-funded entity as well. When you go to these events, that's the first thing they say. And, of course, it's true. The native population of our society has never ceded the right to the land that we are using. So, of course, it makes sense, but again, what is it actually doing for society? And often those that are using it aren't even sure why. I've used that declaration before, and I've said the words, but I didn't even understand quite what it meant at first, and I still said them because I felt that that was something I was obliged to do. Although I think it's a great thing, and that if I would have learned about it before I did it, I would have appreciated it more. But in that since I was just pressured to do it as a part of that guilt thing. Like, I'm not quite sure about this community, so I'm going to say it just in case. And I think that discourages people from learning about why they're doing things if you're just told you need to do this. It should be a, a, an idea of mine, like, I want to represent this community, so I'm going to do it. Because not everybody would if it was their personal choice, and that's how people work. Well, and again, I agree with that 100%, except what I would be happier with is if I could look in our country as a whole and say, okay, the native populations have clean drinking water. And that is a, a right of every human being within our society to have access to clean drinking water. And I wonder whether we could make concrete actions more than just words that would better the life of all Canadians by putting us in a situation where all populations have everything they require, like good health care, good education, access to clean water and food. Wouldn't that be a more proactive step to making our First Nations in a better situation of equality and better opportunities? So, And I hear, unfortunately, a lot of people that I... I'm in a middle age where... I talk to a lot of people in their 60s and 70s and 80s, and I also talk to young people, and what I find is the situation with discrimination isn't gone. It's just now understood to be something that you don't bring up unless you're amongst like-minded individuals. And I've had opportunities in my life over the past five years even, where I've actually had to stop a conversation and say, you know, what you're saying is inappropriate. And your thoughts are inappropriate. It's not just that you're saying it, it's that you believe that and that you haven't had any education of what it's like to be a member of a society who has had real trials and real uh, discrimination. So you're, and I've even used the term, you're in a privileged situation where you've never faced this. And I always thought of, you know, that is something that's a requirement to speak up if something like that is happening. But not many people are comfortable enough to do that. So, but I've gotten to an age now where I don't care how people react. The point is what they're doing is inappropriate. So to me, I don't want to be party to that without saying something. I also think that I've seen in my own experience certain topics where people feel it's okay to share it publicly and then the others that they keep hidden and you often find out a lot about people when you listen to how they speak to other people or pe they speak to their friends or people that they're comfortable with and the kind of certain stereotypes that come out and when they're speaking. I've heard many things that they think they're okay because they're not something that's been in the media a lot saying you shouldn't think this way or this is discriminatory. Although they are discriminatory, it's just not something they've read about or seen so they share that freely and you kind of realize the way people think about 
other folks and it's and it's quite discouraging sometimes when you hear something like uh, the Chinese restaurant down the road somebody uh, would say oh I hear there's horse meat and there's cat meat and that food and nobody says anything to them but they said something about an indigenous folk and that would be very a really big deal to them so I think that we shouldn't be just seeing one form of discrimination as important we should be looking for that about everyone because it's not right to discriminate against one group and not another and see one as more important than the other well again part of that is in my opinion that today especially we're being segregated easily because of our connection to social media it's easy to find a group of people who are like-minded and have these backwards views of particular ethnicities, for instance. And it's not a good thing that people go on Facebook and Twitter and, and Instagram and make comments like this because what ends up happening is, number one, it's not appropriate to say it. Number two, you find people that support you. So because you're hearing their opinions back to you, you feel it's appropriate. And unfortunately, our society is is facing that in all types of things, not just, you know, discrimination and, and privilege and things like that, but even from a sense of political uh, affiliations. It, it's, it's, an, uh, it's an old-fashioned thing where people are considered to be uh, comfortable amongst their own people, and, and it's not necessarily true. But social media reinforces that thought and allows it to be acceptable. And people say things on social media they wouldn't say to you in person. So I think it's very important to take the opportunity to not show that you approve of a comment when it's something you don't approve of. And to do it in person is is better, in my opinion, than to try and just go back to social media and comment to the person that way. Because again, there, there are people on both sides of every feeling and unfortunately social media is not really an indication it's where the people who spend their time there are more apt to be radically thinking about things and to me it's not an appropriate place because it's not an indication of what society truly is Mm -hmm. it almost feels like some sort of artificial depiction for each person about they have their own individual online society that they view and even the hashtags that you put on a post that you post they influence who's looking at your posts. They decide where those posts are going. And those people that uh, feel represented by those hashtags are the ones commenting and the ones liking and the ones that don't feel that way are the ones skipping by and saying nothing. So you feel that everyone's agreeing with you or they see this as an okay thing, but in reality, the only ones agreeing are the ones that see your posts because they're interested in those hashtags. So you really don't know anything about how the general population feels or is impacted by what you're saying online. Yeah, and again, it goes back to our sense of the way our society is. Number one, people, I hear people say, oh, there's so much crime. But in actual fact, the crime rate has been reducing over the last 20 years. But what's happening is people are shown it more regularly, so they feel there's more of it. So because of instant you know, reporting of a certain crime and the fact that that spread very quickly, you might see that same story 25 times in the run of a week. And because of that, and because it's so instant and it doesn't matter where the crime happens, we hear about it, it makes us feel as a society that things are worse than they were. But in actual fact, we have made strides in certain things, but it's being kind of, the, the progress is being undone by our reliance on, on social media and tribalizing each other into certain groups, you know, like, let, let's look at a person again, like I said, let's look at a person for themselves and, and, and see how they have made out. Like, I come from a broken family, but that doesn't mean I have to perpetuate that in my own life. But yet, 
other people might look at me and say, well, he comes from a great family, you know, and it's always funny to me that just because somebody's married and has children and those children grow up to be healthy and happy, it doesn't mean they did it all by themselves. But, you know, it, it, it also do, it doesn't come as a result of any one thing in their past, like privilege. Privilege is only one part of the recipe. You know, and, and unfortunately, we start to look at all these privileges as a reason why we should be a negative. You know, this is why he got ahead, because he grew up in a happy family. But they don't know for sure. They just assume. And assuming is the bad thing. Yeah, I feel as though when you assume that or when others assume that about you, you take that on as your identity. And then you start to lack the ability to even speak up about things or help out in society or do anything about the things that you're guilty about because you feel like you have no place doing so. And I think that's not empowering and that's not the way that I want to look at things that are good in my life. I want to say those are good and I'm happy and these are what I don't have and then I want to use that to empower me in conversations instead of keep me away from speaking to other people. Yes, and, and again, everybody has to make their own way in life, and they have to take advantage of whatever advantage they have to try and better themselves to a point. Again, when you start out in life, society in general is not on your side. I mean, there are, there are certain things. Number one, you know, the, the profiting of businesses, a lot of that wealth is going to a small proportion of the population, and the rest are struggling and are always being told, yes, you can have this, and you have to work your way towards it. But what you end up doing is providing for the wealthy. You know, so again, there are so many different things we could measure as privilege that I don't feel it's it's probably a benefit to society to start segregating people based on, okay, how many privileges do you have? Like I said, it's not a report card. Every person has to figure their own way out with whatever help they can and assistance they can. And part of that comes from society, part of it comes from within, and part of it comes from education, and part of it comes from learning new things. You know, about, and, and learning new things about, for instance, if you learn from somebody that you haven't been exposed to before, and their situation, maybe you learn how to be more open and accepting of it. So that way, I don't disagree that having a forum for people to talk about their own situations like LGBTQ situations, that's not a bad thing for society to hear about it. But there's a proper place, and it's probably better coming from interactions one-on-one -on -one first, if possible, because that's a stronger way to kind of get the education and then you know saying okay I know somebody who has this situation I never thought of it that way and then your mind is being changed without you realizing it you know so and again that's why I speak up when I hear things that I find to be inappropriate but again I can't censor somebody's thoughts I can only give them another thing to think about and perhaps if they hear a perfect example of this I'll you know it's a kind of a funny story in a way but uh, we used to have uh, a family member in a long-term care residence and I remember seeing a picture one day where after this particular resident the relative of ours was in her 80s and she had a picture with a multicolored uh, clown wig on and and a pride flag and I had heard her in the past not be as open towards understanding people who considered themselves to be part of that community. But here it was, she was smiling and she was happy and she was participating in pride. 
you know. Uh, so again, even at her late age, she was able to see a different outlook because someone took the time to explain it. So there is a place for all of that, but it's just not. There's not it, the place isn't everything. Like it's not every day and every interaction. You have to know when to when to take your opportunity to bring that forward and to discuss that. So again, I'm open to anybody. I don't feel it's appropriate to segregate people. I'm the first person when I read at a very young age that there's no such thing as race. That was something I had heard written by a, a particular psychologist who said race is a human construct, you know. And yes, there are certain things about cultural parts of life if you're part of a particular tribalized community. And it has less to do with race than it has to do with where you were born and what your family does and who they participate with and that sort of thing. So it's more cultural to me. So I believe everybody's born the same. They have the same humanity and they have opportunities based on where they're born and, and the luck of being born into the right place at the right time doesn't hurt. But there's also other trials, you know, that you may have to overcome. So let's not judge people based on, you know, what we feel are benefits and negatives in their life. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And what I'd like to see is just a way of learning about other people in an organic way, which is the way I've always wanted things to unfold, because I don't think you can force anybody to be inclusive or force anybody to see that they're privileged. I think you need to do that by true interactions with them that are organic and that are welcomed and that are in the right time and place and not something forced and pressured. And that's what I really want to see because this kind of hostility towards any type of difference comes from this form of trying to force new things on people instead of trying to find that space where they'll take the time and place to learn about it. And that's really hard to do, but I think it's what people need to do as a whole. Well, again, I go back to experiences in life, and I remember seeing a picture, and the picture kind of struck me in a way. It was people are not born to be discriminatory or racist. They're taught it. So maybe we need to start teaching people not to teach their kids to be racist, for instance. You know, young babies don't care. It's not something they even know until you teach it to them. So that's where society can make a big improvement by not passing on these stereotypes and taking the time to treat individuals as individuals and not just classifying them based on their community and their background and their strengths and their weaknesses based on what their opportunities were. So again, if you're a person who likes to do a particular thing, you should be able to pursue that. Why should we discriminate, whether it's based on you know, our gender or our financial background or whatever that that's inappropriate in my opinion we should have opportunities for everybody it makes society overall better and thank you for listening to this episode of worldwide canadian i'm tim clark i'll see you here next time hopefully you enjoyed this one if you want to leave a comment please feel free to use the anchor fm app or you can always email at timothy clark 1970 at gmail.com see you next time here on worldwide canadian